You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. Now, I've got to forewarn you, this episode is full of ups and downs. This is the full recap from where we left off with Tyler to the end of the hunt in Wisconsin. Nick Queen and I sit down in Missouri in my apartment and just talk about everything happening and everything that has happened from that moment moving forward. So let's jump in. I don't think I need to introduce this episode anymore. Like he was doing things that were just badass. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. I was really scared, but knowing that Dan had the gun, I did have the rifle, like, we would be okay. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Now, this show, as promised, is a recap of the Wisconsin hunt. Because last you heard, it was me, my guest for today, Nick, and Tyler all sitting down talking about what our game plan was for that night. This is going to lead, that leads us right into what actually happened that night. So Nick is in person with me. What's up, buddy? At my home in Missouri. Yeah, buddy. And the reason he's here is because we're going elk hunting in the morning. Yeah, well, dude. we're driving we're out headed. to meet people and to then driving out the next day to actually go to camp and then we'll scout and then elk hunt which we're gonna do a podcast while we drive tomorrow yeah that'd be sick that's gonna be next week <clears throat> next week's episode i'm pumped little dude. car cast it's gonna be awesome man never I, done one so i'm excited it's fun hopefully my tires aren't too loud i've got the loudest tires on the highway <laughs> they're terrible but hopefully we can get those drowned out. buzzing don't bother us country boys dude i know <laughs> I like people it. are gonna be like i can't hear a thing well i'll help you doctor it up yeah it'll work i'm an audio engineer you gotta remember that yeah i'll be able to get it out of there it'll sound great <laughs> crisp <laughs> they're like are you in a studio they're gonna hear me chewing on my smarties or my sweet tarts they're gonna hear all the way there keep my power crunch, pellets crunch, keeping crunch. me awake <laughs> dude so so that hunt man after after the last week's episode got crazy in a hurry yeah it was like the wild west out there like clifton the podcast before that he he kind of walked us through what he thought we should do Mm -hmm. and it was awesome first of all but thanks to him because i like so what we're talking about is calling and um I've called growing up, and like you said, I'm in the same boat as you. When you uh, – the deer in the Midwest, um, or at least where I'm, where I'm from, Illinois, and you're saying you have the same, like, uh, situation where in the in the rut, when it's prime time in that kind of year, it seems like they'll, you know, stupidly come into a call, if yeah. you will, I air quote stupidly, uh, come into a call. But um, for the most part, like, I've never rattled in big bucks. I've never – I mean, I've grunted a few bucks come in. Um I've even, even early October, I've had my antlers and tickled and yep. got a deer to turn around because, oh, there's two deer over there, you know, but nothing, nothing worth shooting. So for him to be like that, yes, no, this is what you need to do because, yep. you know, of, well, but it all came to the situation. We were hearing, 
um, deer fighting, then me and you, that big buck come in, pushing that doe around. So obviously there's this dominant buck. Like it, w- it made sense. It would, yeah. it would have never made sense. October what was it October 11th, 12th, yeah, like, 11th. Yeah. Yeah. It, when, when he said that he calls from September on, I mean, yeah. basically the entire season, Yep. I was like, man, I've never heard anybody do that. Nope. But, I mean, he's got a track record to prove that he's doing something right. First R and kill some big bucks. Dude, he's just go to his just go to his Instagram page or his Facebook page. He's got he got studs on there. There's a lot of big deer on his page and yeah. and YouTube. He's got a lot of good YouTube videos. Oh yeah, dude. I it was awesome seeing everybody produce the the episodes yeah. after the hunt. And I'm like, dude, I just remember every day getting together, talking, yeah. hearing the stories, and yeah. then to see it, it made me really want to do more videography stuff. And now That's why I'm here. you're coming out, man. <laughs> yeah. Elk camp. I had to pull some strings, but, uh, which I'm nervous about in a good way, but it's going to be just different. I'm a Midwest corn fed boy. It's an intimidating so. hunt for someone who's never done one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It for yeah. sure is. I mean, I was, my first elk camp i'm like dude i have no idea what i'm getting into yeah and even after i'm like what did i just get into <laughs> right right well and i think the roles that even in that like kind of flip-flop like not that you're not a whitetail hunter because you are obviously but what we were doing out there on that island is a lot more what i do on like i've been doing for the past 10 years almost and so like now we're flip-flopping and you have a lot more experience doing what we're doing and i have zero so dude it's gonna be it's going to be a pretty wild week. Yeah, I mean, it's excited. it's a lot of fun. It's a good group of guys, yeah. and yeah, we're gonna we'll get into it tomorrow. We're gonna be doing yeah. a lot of podcasts from the wall tent. That'd be fun with the wood stove going. It's gonna be cold, man. Oh my, yeah. My brother just called me today, and he's like, "It's looking like a low in the teens." Oh, nice for a good amount of the time, which is good. I like hunting cold way oh, yeah. more than I like hunting hot. Oh yeah. So hopefully that gets the elk on their feet moving too. Sure, dude. They just they chill out in the shade when it's hot out. So, yeah. But dude, this hunt, man, the Wisconsin hunt, man, I have shared this story a thousand times, shared the video with a bunch of people, got feedback from all kinds of people. And basically, after the podcast, we loaded up and and went to the boat ramp within minutes. Yeah, like I mean, we were Put out the, the door. I shut the computer down. We left. And when we did, we got to the boat ramp. We got a game plan together. We decided to not put Tyler and his cameraman in one boat. We took three people in ours. Yeah. Dropped them off at their point on the <laughs> island. The last time. God, that was <laughs> they hilarious. looked like, dude. It was yeah. They looked like they were going over, or the oh, waves yeah. were coming over. One of the two. Sure. And uh, <laughs> so so we get them dropped off, and we're like, hey man, you guys go and set up somewhere on this point. They were on the so like. To give you guys a good example, they were on the north west West point. Yep. And then we skirted down on the west side and ended up more central southern part um, of the, uh, but on the west end of it. So we can blow our wind because we've got that wind switch. And that wind was blowing us straight into the cattails. And we were hoping. That we were being a little bit aggressive with the wind, I, I reckon. Well, honestly, the entrance because there was no, there's we hadn't really gotten a good spot to walk it. We got lucky that there's a ditch there to get us in, so that was nice. But we came in through the cattails there, snuck up, and just got basically where we had hunted the day before. We were just on the opposite end, pushing our wind the opposite direction. Our theory was if they were running the edge of the the Oak Island that we were on. We were further north where that buck, we'd seen him from, daylight, yeah. or w- would have seen him, maybe, in daylight. So we pushed up into there, and then our wind was going towards the water um, off the Oak Island, but at a manner in which we were still giving him a wind, but by the time they would have gotten our wind, if they would have been on the east or west side of us, they'd have been dead, Yeah. So or beforehand even. Yeah, I mean, we were, we were set up in a perfect spot. And I'm excited to hang in that tree again. It's going to happen, you (laughs) know, whether it's this year or next year. But we we got Tyler and his camera guy set up or dropped off. And if we were all in orange, like for rifle season, we would have seen seen him him. for sure. 
Um, he said, well, what did we look it up? It was like 370 three, or yeah. something. Like real, it was real short. It, it was close. And there was nothing but cattails in between right. us. And so we got set up and we were communicating with them because we told them, like, yeah. we're going to try the rattle, rattle. technique. Yeah. We're going to grunt. We're going to rattle. We're going to simulate a fight mm-hmm. and Shake see if this bully butt can do. come in. And it turned out pretty good because we had a branch hanging low in front of us and we were going to cut it. But you were like, dude, or no, you I, did. I was like, dude, I said, let's cut it. Let's let's screw this bow hanger in. Yep. And then we'll prop the branch up. And you were like, dude, that's perfect because we then it. we can shake it when we go to do the mock right. buck fight. And and we had Tyler and them. They pushed into we an, an island that we hadn't seen. Like we, we popped out on the south end of it once, like literally the tip of it. And then we jump back out. So I didn't know how thick it was in there, but it's like, you, like we said before, it pockets and opens up. Yep. And they ended up setting up on what we would consider, or at least what I would consider, like an exit route. Which, like we said, if if we rattle, then deer could come right to us, or the buck that got his ass whooped, you know, a couple days ago, was probably piecing out. And obviously, well, when we talked about, like even Tyler said, like he, you know, it's usually bigger bucks that fight. Yeah. Like when they brawl, it's good bucks. So, um, him on the exit route, him and his, uh, the, the intern, <laughs> I love that kid. He's cool. Um, Brian, right? Yeah. yeah. Him and Brian, um, were set up on the exit route and we were kind of set up where we thought we could draw the deer to us. But even so. when we got up in the tree, we were like, they're in the kill hole. Like they're going to, oh, yeah. they're well, going to kill a buck. We said it twice. Yeah. We said it when we, when we kayaked off, I was like, I, I, and this is honestly like, and, and I'll, I'll admit this, this is, this is my lack of trust and calling because I thought more than likely we're going to push deer, especially if one got whooped and he's still the one here, maybe. Yeah. Um, he's dipping off and trying to get out of here. I'm like, they're in the kill spot. Like yep. they're invincible. I thought at. for sure we were going to hear something come from their side. Like, yeah. Or get a text saying, dude, we just smoked one. Right. And so before we even got in the tree, I guess, we had that conversation on the canoe ride to our spot. We get in the spot, and we're looking at different trees. And we're like, you know what? Let's bump farther. Let's bump farther. And we did that like two times. Mm -hmm. Got to the spot, and you had picked out a tree, and I was like, what about this tree? And you're like... We walked with it. Let's go look to it. Yeah. And we walked up to the tree, and we're sitting there. And I just, I had a feel, like, I don't know if you could explain it, but you just get a feeling. I'm like, yeah. dude, my gut tells me we need to be right there. Like, dude. that's the tree over and here. And I was like, man, if that's the case, let's yeah. do it. We we got up in the tree, looked around. I was like, I feel good about this. Yeah. We had a 10-yard wide shooting window straight to the center of the island yeah. where we knew a bunch of deer were because we saw does there the night before. Yep. And we get set up, and it I mean, I don't even know. We we got there not late in the afternoon, but later than we were hoping we have to. Been, yeah, I think we probably got set up at like four. Yeah, it was like four. 4 and 15. so we we've only got a couple hours of shooting light, and you had messaged Tyler and said, "Hey, we're gonna start calling." Yep. And he's like, "Send it, send it, dude." <laughs> yeah. And so I do a roar grunt and a couple small grunts after that. You start just smashing antlers together. And I grabbed that tree that we hung on the bow ha- or the limb that we hung on the bow hanger, and I'm just shaking it violently. And we, d- I mean, how long do you think we called? Like rattled, shook, and grunted. Probably around um, a minute. Yeah, 45 seconds to a minute. Probably something like that. And it was kind of like, GoPro, all right. We can look at the GoPro. The GoPro will tell you. Oh, yeah. But probably about that, I would say. So, so we do that, and Clifton, back to his advice, he's like, dude, after you do it, Grab your bow and get ready. Yep. And I'm thinking, okay, like this could work, but honestly, I've never seen it work that well. well you know I, what I mean? And not to mention, like, you have to understand the reserve of it's October 11th. 11th <laughs> and we are, we just full board, like what you would do in the rut. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it, it just didn't, didn't seem feel right. <laughs> it didn't, yeah. it didn't seem like the right move. And it's funny, since that, I've been telling everybody like since that I've been dude, rattling, you get bro. A big buck, you, you get a big buck on camera, and there's smaller bucks in front of it, like it's running them mm-hmm. and just like pushing them out. Oh yeah, dude. I'm like, dude, just get in there. My buddy Drew, 
he's got a buck that showed up. I think it's been the past three nights, middle of the night, but he's kind of, he's kind of, uh, he's in an interesting spot because there's houses all around. There's definitely cover, definitely deer activity, but it's it's a spot where his the trail camera is like twenty yards from his RV mm-hmm. that he lives in. Yep. And three nights in a row, there this buck's is. been coming through. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, th- there's people killing big bucks all over the place right now. I don't know if it's the year, like if it's the weather, if it's been the dry summer, but people are killing big bucks right oh, yeah. now. And it just seems like way earlier than normal. And so I told him I that agree. same thing. I was like, dude, smash antlers together. Yep. I said, you'll kill that buck on your first sit. He's somewhere within earshot of that. Oh, yeah. Pretty you hang, You hang up. Dude, sit on top of your RV. I don't yeah, care. Like, right. smash antlers if it's, and if see it's what legal. happens. If it's legal. If it's legal. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's not a permanent dwelling, so it might be. Um, but anyways, so we smash antlers together. We rattle. We grunt. We shake the tree in three minutes, maybe. We see a spike. Oh, so well, the, well, you're thinking we we rattled first. We did it twice, remember? Oh yeah, yeah. The first time that we rattled, nothing came in. Yep. And but you know, he said that like it'll take him sometimes thirty minutes, or he heard you, he might not get up. Yeah. At that point, I'm thinking we either skate everything off the island, or Tyler's about to text and said one slipping out the back end. And what we probably waited at the ready there for probably fifteen minutes, and then we you know calm back down and. Was like man, kind of hemming and hawing, and probably an hour. So, because it was the last twenty minutes of daylight that you know we yeah. finally called them in. We did another rattling sequence, same same exact way. Like, and and Tyler texts and he's like, dude, that sounded amazing. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he could hear it clear as day. Yeah, he said and it he's like, exactly dude, that like sounded just like a couple bucks duking it out. Right. And yeah, probably and he was three hundred yards away. So. Dude, and I mean, anywhere on that island is 300 yards exactly. away, you know, like so if you, know you can hear it that it. clear, everybody's yeah. hearing it. And uh, it was a anyways, calmer wind, too, so that helps, like, carry this, the sound and be a little bit more calm. For sure. And we do it, and a small buck comes in. And we're sitting there watching it. You're filming it. I'm like, no way, dude. This is, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And I heard a twig snap behind that buck it, after well, we've like, been watching for quite yeah. a while and that well the spike kind of like it was a forky wasn't it, it was a i fork think so or a spork, yeah, yeah. one of the two a, a little chithead he kind of made his way through and i'm like this deer's gonna end up getting our wind it's kind of what i was thinking he's gonna end up circling maybe trying to come back whatever yep and um i just i shut the 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 camera off it was a little grainy because at that point that it was art it was like it was dark in the island but light enough where we were like on the edge it was like really messes with oh, my camera oh we could have seen a deer 400 yards away but not the, yeah. in the oaks you're right but in the oaks it was dark and it was really hard to my camera was having a hard time just adjusting to it so yeah it was grainy so i remember just getting as much film as i really kind of could of the spike and didn't think much of it and within 30 seconds of me shutting my phone off you're like big buck big buck here well, he is well i had heard a twig snap behind that that forky yeah and and i, I was probably not paying attention with the camera yeah the forky but I, dude i was looking at that forky thinking the same thing like it's gonna catch our wind yep but i'm like dude something's behind it i don't know what it is yet but something's behind it and so i i just kept looking kept my eye open that way and i see a body and the body of this deer immediately i was like big buck big buck i hadn't seen its antlers yet i caught a glimpse of him through the tree immediately knew that it was the biggest buck i would ever shoot <laughs> And I'm like, I immediately, mean, up, up until immediately, this point. See, see, you remember I disbelieved you that there was bucks fighting. Yeah. He, Dan was in a disbelief that I really seen as big a deer as I seen until that rack moved. Dude, for real, man. <laughs> when that thing moved, I was like, holy cow. I've So I've watched the footage back about, oh, obviously, probably just as many times as you have. It gets bigger every time I see it. I'm yeah. Like, Dude, he is a stud. Yeah. And it's funny because I watch I watch videos of other people shooting deer all the time. They pop up on my Instagram feed. Right. And now after having this encounter, I see these deer that other people are shooting. And obviously there's plenty of deer bigger. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of deer that before I'd be like, Dude, that thing is a stud. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's smaller. 
That's a lot smaller. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm I see this deer. I finally get a glimpse of his rack. He goes behind some stuff and kind of hangs it's out. It's at the pines. That yeah. We were talking, like, they disappear in those pines, and that's exactly what he did. And because even when you, f- like, you can see, like, when I first pick up the camera, I just hit record, and I'm talking to you, and I'm like, where is he at? Because like, I can't see him. And then I just caught his head move, and I just turned the camera on him, and he was between two pines. I get, like, a, what, a 30-second clip of him shaking his head, putting yeah. his antlers down. I'm still halfway trying to find him in the my viewfinder, and he's already disappeared. And then it was like a... Oh You're like, gosh. dude, where is he? Where'd I he lost go? him. I lost him. I'm like, go? dude, he's still coming. He's yeah. still coming. All right, if you're not using Tacticam's Reveal Cell cameras on your hunting property for scouting or monitoring the wildlife, you are seriously missing out. When you pair that with the Reveal mobile app, you can see the action as it's happening, no matter where you are. In fact, I've got trail cameras up in Wisconsin on the land that we hunt, and not only do I get pictures from those cameras sent to me, I can also track the progress of the camera, the battery life, how much memory is left on the SD card, and I can see what the weather's doing at the time that a picture is taken. So I can't think of a better tool for scouting whether it is close to home or in a totally different state. So if you wanna stay tuned into the action or just get into the action, go to revealcellcam.com or tactcam.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. All right, guys, here are a few quick tips to help you increase your deer encounters this fall. A lot of people like to set up on an area because they found a scrape or a rub, but I'm telling you, you need to put more of the puzzle pieces together. If you can find a scrape line or a rub line, especially one that comes to or from water, bedding, or a food source, that is going to tell you a lot of deer are using it and not just one nocturnal buck. Also, don't be afraid to take the day off from hunting and do a scouting mission instead. If you can set up from a distance and glass the area that you're hoping to hunt, you might see exactly where the deer are coming in and out without just walking in and randomly setting up in a tree hoping that a deer comes through. And if you want to save money on the right optics to get the job done right, head over to eurooptic.com and use code NOMADIC10 at checkout. Now, let's get back to the show presented by Vortex. I've got my bow in hand. I see that he's about to step into this 10-yard wide clearing, and I draw back. And this is the worst part for me because I thought I had already shut off the GoPro, (laughs) and it was running. And so you see me reach up to the GoPro and shut it off. And I'm thinking I'm turning it on. It but was I was already shutting, going. Yeah, I was shutting it off. I'm so mad at myself for that. So I'm like, dude, I'm at full draw. I know this buck's about to step out. So because I'm we slowly. Because we had like a 10-foot like gap from basically pine to pine almost yep. would be the Oh yeah. The gap and, there. And he steps out into that clearing while I'm at full draw. I go to get my pin settled on him, and he just stops naturally. Has no Perfect. idea that we're there. Perfect broadside, wide open, zero obstructions in between me and him. And I go to get my pin settled, and I notice movement above my sight. And my my bow sight got caught on my grunt tube, which was hanging way inside of where my bow was. Yep. But it was on my bow hanger. Yeah, like the little hooks that are closer to the tree on a bow hanger. Dude, never again will I make that mistake. (laughs) But... I'm hung up on it now, yep. and I'm like, I don't think it's going to affect the shot, but I really should get this thing off of there. Sure. And I hear and I can't you see say it. something. Yeah, I'm telling you to stop him because he was walking through, and I'm like, I no. So this, it's kind of funny because I'm telling you to stop the deer, and I'm not a huge component of stopping deer. Yeah. But he was what 35, 40 yards. Yeah. You kind of have to stop him. Yeah. Like you're not going to shoot a deer moving that far away. But he stopped naturally, and I Perfect. heard you say something. And all I'm thinking in my mind is, please don't get this deer to stop again. Because if you do that, I'm still trying to get this sight yeah. loose. Well, and he stopped naturally, like you said. I never yeah. stopped him, and I I won't do that. I'm not going to stop somebody else's deer. Cause, no, yeah, dude, yeah, that could turn into a mess. Not, I've had but it I'm happen like, that I'm like, if I'm moving and he stops him, he's going to look over here and see, see me you. still trying yeah. to shake this loose. And I can't and see bolt. you doing that at all. Like in my head, I'm 
panicking because this deer is perfectly stopped. He what he's doing, and we, we've talked about this before. Like we've seen big bucks do this before, is they nose other little bucks in front of them, yep. and then they just watch them. Yeah, and that's a, he was mirroring that little buck by about sixty yards behind yep. him, perfectly. And he had his head up, looking at that little buck, not paying any attention. Stopped perfectly. It would have been a no brainer. And in my head, I'm like. Why are you not shooting? Yeah. But because we're both in saddles, like you're on the opposite side of the tree of me and I can't see anything going on over there. Yeah, dude. And I'm sitting here thinking like, dude, oh my gosh, I'm about to miss my window. Yep. Finally, I get my bow free of the grunt tube and I just pivot a little bit more and the deer Takes like starts taking a couple yeah. steps. And now my shooting window is closing because he was dead center in the middle of this gap. Yeah. Now he's a step maybe two steps away from being gone out of the gap. And I have no more shooting windows that direction because we didn't set it up for shooting windows that direction because the wind was blowing that way. Yeah. And so I give him the thunk, send the arrow and just whack. I mean, it connects and I watch it go right to the pot, like right where I was aiming. Mm -hmm. I had compensated. So I was talking to Tyler while we were shooting. Yeah. At camp. Yeah. At camp. I was talking to him and I was like, dude, here's the deal. Are you aiming an inch low at every 10 yards? Like for every 10 yards, mm-hmm. do you sight in an inch low every 10 y- yards? And he goes, no, what I do is no matter what range the deer's at, I back it off three yards. And so I range like on this his, buck on, his on the sight. sight. Okay. Yeah. yeah, on his adjustment. And so I range this buck at 40 yards. That's I backed smart. it off to 37 and when I shoot, he ducks perfectly into the arrow. I mean, it hits a 10 ring shot. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, it is as good as it gets. Even from my view, it looks perfect. Everything was good. He takes off running. And as he does, I realize the arrow is still in him. Mm-hmm. And not very far. And not very far at all. And when he takes off, it just... He gets about, it didn't look too bad the first probably two, three steps, but as he gets about four or five steps into circling himself, it's like windmealing. Off yeah, of, I like, mean, off it's of like, side up, of I mean, all the way almost. down to the ground, yeah. up above his back. Still stuck in him, like yep. basically just rotating. And we watched him run probably 60 yards through the, through the about, oak, yeah. and it was still in him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, dude. I just, I mean, we, you, well, you pump house. I, I thought you, you pumped house him. Oh, yeah. Like, I look at you, you look at me, and then we just start yelling. Oh, it just And Tyler out. immediately calls because <laughs> yeah. he's like, dude, what just happened? He, he, he's, he heard me scream because you went, <laughs> you went to like, <gasps> like, yeah, like try to be silent, quiet, silent and I just couldn't excitement. help it. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, gonna, you just I yelled, just, and I was like, <laughs> I guess we're yelling. And so we both just yeah. start screaming. He thinks there's a pack of coyotes over there screaming. I mean, it was it was all good. Like everything <laughs> felt good. I was so pumped. I was ready to get down. And you're like, hold on, dude. Just just Yeah, we gotta relax. Like, <laughs> let's relax. Let's talk about this. We talked to Tyler on the phone, told him the story. He's pumped as can be. Oh, yeah. And then we still had to get down, get all our gear down. And mm-hmm. so it was like, all right, we've got a bunch of people out there creating right. content. They want to come be a part of this. This is the first buck that anybody's been on. Which is And sick. I told everybody all week long, I'm like, dude, after what I've seen, after what I've heard, after the 80 to 120 scrapes that we saw <laughs> yeah, on this 70-acre island. He's not lying either. I'm like, like, I'm like, I am not leaving this island without a big buck. Yeah. And they're like, all right, man, whatever. You right. heard bucks fighting. Oh, you saw a buck chasing <laughs> doe. And <laughs> we... And so I'm just so pumped. Everyone, Everyone's wanting to come out. Sure. And so we start sending out the messages like, dude, just smoked a monster. We get down. And even at the time, like, we were, like, just seeing the deer and it being complete panic. Like, we were still in the wheelhouse of, like, at least, like, right off the rip. Like, we, we knew you shot and made a good, a decent shot. Like, we both were pretty confident. Yeah, I didn't get as much penetration. But where he shot, like, we were pretty Dead deer. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like even if you got six to eight inches there, you're smoking his heart. Oh, yeah. Like right and in then, the pocket. And then with that blade being embedded in him as he's running, right. like it's just doing more damage. That's what we're thinking. And yeah. so we're so pumped. Uh, we end up tearing down. Yep. And I just started, so what I do is like, and I've done this before, and it's a savior. And that's why I was telling you to like calm down because 
you know, you think you made a good shot. And so a deer that we shot last year, we thought we heart punched it. And whenever I finally, we tracked this deer to his first bed. And by the time we got to the first bed, like, this is why I'm trying not to track until I get this, but I can download the footage from like, you just Wi-Fi boot it to my phone real quick. Yeah. And it takes five to 10 minutes when you're out in the boonies, but still it'll kick it over. You can see the shot a lot better and zoom in on your phone. And, um, that's saved me because we gut shot a deer last year. You could have told me a hundred times over. I would have told you that he heart punched it right where he needed to heart punch it because it was just a perfect shot. And then when you look at it, it's low and back. Yeah. But I had to pull it up on my, you know, on my phone to see that. So that's why I was telling you like, slow down, go to first blood the most and wait for this to download and then we'll know what to do from there. And so we do, I mean, we waited for it to download. We looked at the footage Everything looked good from the footage minus the penetration. Yep. And it was like that immediately threw some red flags my way. I'm like, dude, why? I've never yeah. had that happen. I've always got full pass throughs aside from a frontal yeah. shot that I took on a deer at 20 yards and I watched that deer die. Right. And well, and what we were thinking though is that so, like when he took that step for the camera, it was just a step that like I could just not see perfectly. Like, we, you yeah, could being still on see opposite it, sides. Right. But I just couldn't, I was a foot away from being a perfect view of the whole shoulder. Yep. And so what we were thinking is you pocket punched him and then he snapped the arrow running and that he was wheelhousing either a loose arrow that just wasn't coming out because yeah. of the way that he snapped it, it was in a bone, like mate, whatever was happening, but the whole penetration didn't freak us out too bad. Yeah. But we were just didn't know. It, I mean, it definitely gave me that like gut wrenching feeling. Like why didn't, why wasn't it a pass through? Why didn't it make it farther in? Yeah, what happened? But I was like, dude, this deer's dead. I'm very confident of that. We're going to get down. We went and found first blood and then we backed out, loaded up the canoe, went and dropped a bunch of gear, met up with Tyler and Brian. They floated out with us. And then, Everybody showed up to the boat ramp. Yep. And we're reviewing the footage. And as soon as people see the footage, they're like, you need to back out. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I've never backed out on deer in my life. It's hard. Ever. (laughs) And I've never had a deer. I've had one deer get out of sight before dying, or I would at least hear it crash. You know, I've had them get out of sight, but I've heard them crash and been like, all right, it's dead right there. Yeah. And so I'm like, I felt so good about everything. And then all of a sudden I'm hearing people say back out and I'm like, dude, this is going to be a tough night. And so I take everybody's advice. And I even told Tyler that as we were heading out, I was like, Hey man, if the consensus is to back out, I don't have any experience with that. But if, if we're with a ton of like killers, yeah, if everyone says back out, I'm going to take their advice, even though that's not what I want to do. Yeah. And that was it. Everybody's like, back out. It's going to be a tough night, but just back out. He'll be dead in the morning. Yeah. And that was what everybody was saying. Like, dude, he's, he'll you be dead tomorrow. He'll needed. be dead tomorrow. He'll yeah. be dead tomorrow. So we back out the and next that's day. that's when the roller coaster starts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even so, like, obviously, like, I didn't pull the trigger, but, I mean, you only did one sit there without me. Yeah. And then the whole rest of the time was us both busting around on public or around this island, you know what I mean? Popping in, scouting, hunting, hanging, moving, getting up early. We stayed out there all day. So, like, this is just as, you know, much my deer, in a sense, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, as it you is did yours. everything. Like it's, a, it's, well, it's, a, it's a team thing for me, you know yeah. what I mean? That's a big enjoyment I get out. So, not only am, am I'm bummed for you, but it's like, damn, like, we were the first team to score. Yeah, and dude, we now did it. Yeah, right, and on a big buck, early October, and a public, out, land, a public land and floating. island, right out in the middle of nowhere. And and you're a little more native to Wisconsin. I've yeah. never hunted like uh, that type of terrain. Um, I mean, yeah, granted, the canoeing in and having that kind of experience helps me a little bit. But so it was just a, it was it was such a, it was a long night, <laughs> just yeah. knowing that like we worked so hard for that, and then it was just like we just couldn't catch a break. You're like, dang. Dude, long like night, but I mean, everybody dead. was like, we're excited. Like, let's yeah. go recover them in the morning. Yeah. We get out there, get on, on first blood and we're like filming the whole thing. You know, I think there was what, four or five of us. And then we dropped other people off at their spots to go and actually hunt in yep. case we pushed any deer their way. Yep. It was like 
we were following a blood trail, but with how small this island is, yeah. we figured there'd be a disturbance and deer would be pushing past other people. Yeah, if there's other bucks on there, then we figured we'd push them. Yeah, so we went out and uh, started blood trailing, and we blood trailed, and it wasn't it wasn't a hard blood trail at first, and then we found the arrow, and then we found a lot and of blood, yeah. and it was like, oh, dude, we're on it, and then pretty quickly after that, the blood started drying up, and I was like, dude, I don't understand this. Like, I thought I thought we would have found him dead already. You know, I thought we'd find him dead with the arrow still in him, and there's no deer, no no beds at all like where he bedded down yeah and then we push and push and push and now it's like not easy to keep on this track but we were able to we kept finding blood kept finding blood and then we found our first bed and that's when it really hit me like we're not in a good situation here Mm -hmm. he bedded down and he didn't die here yep so i was like man uh, and a lot of the track job just so everyone knows kind of like where I was at. I was probably, what, 25, 30 yards off of you guys. Yep. And I was just getting, like, shots of you guys or whatever. And then I was kind of occasionally just dipping off on down a, a different trail, trying to just see if, you know, you find a body or, you yeah. know, whatever. But and it's like I wasn't, it, it I wasn't from, on the blood with you guys. It goes so. from pretty open. I mean, a lot of spots are wide open. You'd see the deer for 50 yards yeah. to... Cat such tail. a choked out area, <laughs> yeah. cattails, like you wouldn't see this deer unless you stepped on him. Basically. And we we find that first bed. From that bed, he hangs a hard left, headed west, straight to the cattails. And these are the farthest west cattails before you get to the mainland. And so my thought is, dude, if he made this, if he made it across this, I don't think we're going to find yeah, the he trail. He almost again. made it to where Tyler and Brian were set up. Yeah. And so I'm like, dude, I don't know if we're gonna, I don't know if we're gonna find this deer at this point. Mm-hmm. And you're walking the edge of the cattails. Yeah, I went. So there was a point, because um, like when you think of like these oak islands, like you want to think that they're like straight and perfect and little circles or whatever, but they'll have random jagged points off of each one of them, and they're not big points, but there's a, you can tell that there's you know. Like, you see isolated trees, you know what I mean, 25, 30 yards off of, like, the main. And that's where a big bucks. And I found big bucks there. But I was going to those spots while you guys were still on blood to see if maybe I could just find a body. Yeah. Because I figured being dead, it's wet kind of in the marsh. He's pushed into the marsh a little bit onto a tree, and there'll be a bump there or whatever. Yeah. You can see where they'll bed. And so I went just kind of bumping looking for them and you were walking right next to the cattails i was in the cattails because he was coming towards the outside of the cattails and i didn't want to walk over blood yeah so i was in the cattails by like three or four yards walked the edge of the cattails towards the point um, going back towards where we were hunting basically and you guys were still on the blood so i was i don't want to say i was like in front of the blood trail but i kind of was yeah and that's why i didn't want to step like on the grassy area where that mo- that moss was hard to find blood. Oh yeah, that green color it did mm-hmm. not stick out well, and, and it so had like red, like red buds, and I mean the leaves are changing colors. So like there were yeah. leaves that just had spotted red right. on them that wasn't blood. Yep. And the whole time, I mean, we're talking, we're talking like normal. Well, especially we're at yelling that point, to you like, "Hey, yeah. man, he went into the cattails, and we're trying to get you over to us as we go into the cattails." And we get into the cattails, well, not 10 yards. And I, so you guys are yelling at me. He went to the cattails. So I turn around from those trees because I didn't see him, obviously. I walk back on the edge instead of in the cattails this time. Yeah. And I make it back to you guys who are three or four yards into the cattails at this point on the trail that he went in on. Well, what we didn't realize at that point. Yelling at each other. Is we were within <laughs> five or 10 yards of this deer the whole time. Yeah. And we start going in the cattails. We're seeing more blood on the cattails because obviously it's brushing up against his whole body. Right. So not only are there drops, but there's also smears of blood on the cattails. And you can tell this isn't like a normal trail. Mm-hmm. This isn't like the mud paths that we cross throughout the week. This is a single deer that went in here. And we get in the cattails and we just hear commotion. And this buck jumped out of another bed. At this point, we're 16 hours post-shot. Yeah. I mean, it was almost noon the next day, Mm -hmm. and 
it was probably about 10. So yeah, I'd say 16 to 18 hours post shot. Yep. And we bumped this deer. Yeah. That's when it was not fun anymore. That <laughs> we immediately were like, oh my gosh. So we went, looked at his bed. There was a second bed right next to it. The one that he jumped, that we jumped him out of. Yep. Yeah. It was like four or five yards away. So at this point, he has bedded down three times within 25 yards. So he's hurting. And he was hurting pretty good. The there was fresh blood coming out of that last bed and there wasn't much of it. Yeah. And so when well, you guys found found clots in this as the first bed or the second bed. The first bed. Yeah, you found clots in the first bed. So you knew he wasn't bleeding bad from moving from first bed to second bed. Yeah. And then the second to third bed was seven six yards away from each other. And that the third bed was the one that we bumped him out of at yeah. the second bed. So so we get out of the cattails. We we find blood but like a drop and then 10 yards later another drop and we have no idea which way what his went. path was yeah. after that. He just went back towards the center of the island. Yep. That's what he did, which was crazy to me because he passed us. We were coming from the island towards He mainland. circled around us. He yeah. circled around us and went back into the island. Yep. Cuz he could have turned around and went off the island. And made it across that. But Easy. He, yeah. But well, he wanted on that island so bad yeah. he that he went back it. into a very isolated island mm -hmm. and circled around us. And at that point, we regrouped. We got everybody together, said, we don't know how this is going to shake out, but we're, in a sense, going to do a deer drive. Like, we're going to set a couple people up with bows. We had three or four of us out there with bows. Yep. And then it was going to be, you guys go to the north end of the island and push, and hopefully he gets pushed past us. Yep. And you guys did that, and absolutely nothing. Right. I mean, you guys made it to us, at which point we're like, we got to back out again. I mean, what else do you do? And so we backed out. We went and got lunch. And the whole time on the way there, I'm calling different trackers. Yep. And I'm, I'm going, okay, we need a dog out here, or we need thermal drone, Sorry. you know. We got to figure something out and and get and out. We here. had rain coming like that evening. Yeah, right? quickly. Yeah. yeah, and so I end up getting a hold of Gavin and Bailey, who we met at Bowfest, yep. and they referred us to a lady who had like a champion blood tracking dog, yep. and she said, "I'm on my way." Yeah, she was cool. And so we. She wasn't, in fact, on her way. Yeah, she um, had another tracking yeah, job four, to finish four up. Four hours later, she had a tracking job to finish <laughs> up. And she thought it was going to be an easy one. Yeah, it it ended up longer. being a lot yeah. longer track. Yeah, no big deal. Nothing on her part. We no. were just being funny. No, she's doing her job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she shows up with her dog, and this dog is fired up. I mean, you can tell as soon as she let it out of the car, it was ready to work. The coolest thing, and like, and I, I've had a lot of experience around like dogs like that, is they're usually wiry, squirrely, and they're not like I don't want to say they're not good dogs, but like almost uncontrollable. Just, yeah, though. they feel yeah. that way. Yeah, as if like. You know, that's kind of their, they know what they're about to do, so they're pumped. You know what I mean? Her dog was different. It was very calm, but ready. Like, you could tell he was ready it had, to go. It, it was calm, but purposeful mm -hmm. in everything. Well, she, when she got out of the car, she didn't even put him on a leash. He came right up to us, sat down, hung out for a second, and then once we got on the boat, he was like, all right. I it's know what go this time. about to be. Yeah. So we, we end up going back out, and at this point, it's dark. Right. Yeah, and right so, at dark. Like, we don't have weapons with us because now we're tracking with a dog. Yep. And he can't. And so we're going out in the dark hoping to pick up on the trail spit and, and find a dead deer. Had been spitting rain for an hour or two. It had been raining, yeah, pretty consistently. Not hard, but raining. But as soon as we got out off the boat, it was like we got on the trail. Yep. And that dog just followed that trail. Yeah, I mean, perfect. like absolutely perfectly we took we, him to the beds that we kicked him out of first yep and that's where he and so he started trailing this deer we got to a point that we hadn't trailed the deer to yet and so i'm like wow he's way over here i mean back by sense. where some people were hunting earlier that week yeah and she's like guys this he's it's acting circling. funny yeah he's doing circles it's like this deer is still alive and he's trying to throw us off his scent because that's what they'll do with coyotes is what she was saying yep is when a pack of coyotes especially and i mean it makes so much sense in those in those cattails because he can move 
10 yards and you not know it was there. Yep. And so if he just sits and circles himself and then what, where do you go? Did he exit here? Did he move there? Like there's so much scent in that one area. Now you have no idea. Yeah. The dog, I mean, and it's all fairly fresh. I mean, right. within a couple hours. Right. And so she's like, this is kind of fun, like kind of funky. He keeps trying to go back to this spot, but there's just so much scent. And she showed us on her tracking deal. Yeah. Like, where all we had yeah, gone she had her tracker going on onyx yep and so at that point she's like why don't we do this let's go knock out the south side of the island and just Let prove that he's it. not yeah. there he can go and check the whole thing and and he'll tell us yes or no right. and we got down there and you could see the demeanor of the dog change kind of like this this isn't it yeah we checked the whole south end of the island you guys started heading back to the boats and you were going to bring them around to our end and pick us up yeah and then that's when it got western for old nicholas all right how many of you guys hate dealing with tangled up rope trying to untie it it's all knotted up and you actually really need it at the time don't raise your hands because i obviously can't see you but those days are long gone Rapid Rope is a quick deploy rope solution that you can pull the length you need and cut it all with one hand. You don't need knives or scissors or a lighter to singe the end because it's cross-threaded to keep it from fraying. Yeah, they've thought of everything. And this is way stronger than your average 550 cord. In fact, this is 1,100 pound test. It comes in a shatterproof canister that you could fit in the cup holder in your vehicle or your backpack or I don't know if you still wear cargo pants, any one of the thousand pockets that you have. It comes in a 120 foot canister, a 70 foot canister, and you can get a rope refill. So just in a matter of seconds, you could be deploying and cutting rope with one hand again. So if you wanna stop dealing with the headache of untying rope and detangling everything, anytime you need to tie something down, go check out rapidrope.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. If you're an avid listener of this podcast, you've probably heard me talking about Infinite Outdoors in the past. Infinite Outdoors is expanding access for hunting and fishing on private land across the country. From whitetail hunts in Missouri to waterfowl hunts in Wyoming and pheasant hunts in Colorado, they provide access to over a million acres of private land listings for all types of hunting and fishing. Best part is, it's incredibly easy to browse and book properties all on the Infinite Outdoors app. The app is free to download and easy to use. All you have to do is sign up and you can browse over 250 different adventures across 10 states. Download the app today and use Nomadic 15 for 15% off your membership. All right, guys, I've got to tell you about some of the new XOP products that I've been using this fall. And some of them I use in kind of an unconventional way. First off, I use the Mondo saddle, but I also use their Turkey Hunter vest and I take the cold world stand, put it in the back of the vest, and carry it in that way. Depending on how far I have to pack in, I'll just bring a foot platform, but one thing I've learned is that if I put the seat cushion on the underside of the seat and flip it up, it turns it into a knee pad also, or I can flip the seat down and sit on it like a conventional tree stand. I also use their holster kit clipped right onto my saddle to carry in my climbing sticks while keeping my hands free. If you're interested in getting a mobile hunting setup like mine, go to xopoutdoors.com and use code NOMADIC for 10% off at checkout. It was me, uh, Tom, and Dave, David, right? Is it David? Is it Dave? Yeah. Dave, yeah, Dave. We um, headed back to get the boats, and uh, we got probably, honestly, it would have been. 45 yards from where we kicked him out of the cattails where he ran right by us not very far away i mean six yards max and um we kicked a deer and i have my headlamp i'm in uh, it's raining pretty good so i have my uh camera in my sweatshirt pocket and then i have waders over that that were a little bit too big so they're kind of wonky anyways and uh, i have my headlamp and i this deer i'm in front and this deer jumps out of a thicket and we're not in the cattails yet but we're right next to a cattail and it's real thick right there and i'm trying to get my way through here or whatever and you know you think kick a deer like oh you kicked a deer or whatever it's gonna take off running well 
I, it jumps up and then like falls over in front of me, like just boop and just falls back down. I'm like, obviously it doesn't make any sense. And when it fell, I seen rack and I just took off. So like I, I literally jump over, well, try, I guess, try to jump over a deadfall and just completely eat it. And then I jump back up and scrambling to try to run at this deer. Cause he's, I mean, four or five yards from it. Like for me, almost to you, I feel like maybe a little bit further, but not by much. Yeah. And uh, so I'm trying to tackle this deer. Like, I don't care. Like, we got to wrangle him and cut his throat. Like, I'm down at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're getting Western boys. I'm with it. And, of course, Tom and they were laughing at me because I completely, like, just. <laughs> Ate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad, too. Like, because I'm trying to save my camera so I don't land on my camera. I'm trying to jump. Into, <laughs> like, I'm going <laughs> to wrestle a deer with my camera in my pocket anyways. Like, yeah. So, but the deer jumps 15 yards into the cattails and then just stops. Like you, you could hear him stop. And, and so you know, like he didn't this go very is him, far. man. It has to be it, the rack that I seen at five yards is a big enough rack that it would have been him. I guess I was in a thicket, but he's four or five yards from me, and um, it was a little hard to see because you know I have to have a headlamp it's, on and whatnot. It's dark. It's raining. Right, and a little bit defeated at that point, not yeah. paying attention because we're kind of you know you're pissed off and kind of doubting it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever in that kind of mindset, and. Um, so that was when I called you guys. Like, we just kicked him up. It has to be him. He went 25 yards. I Like, if you come from where you guys are at to this angle, you'll run into us. We'll keep our lights on, and you're going to bump him, or you're going to see him. Like, there's no way you don't. But yeah. he, he either stopped in the marsh or on the other opposite side of it because it went loud, crash, crash, stop. Yep. And, you know, that's where I'm thinking, like, again, he's done that, you know, where he just moves 10 yards, 20 yards or whatever. If you go from the first bed to the second bed to where we kicked him to there, like it's a real small circle. Yeah. Which is exactly where the dog was circling earlier, where we kind of were like, this is the area that she was trying to say, this deer might be alive because he's circling us. Yep. And that's what he's doing. He's what you call it, what you say, <laughs> playing his little bullshit games. Or uh-huh. But yeah. I mean, essentially, yeah, that's what he was doing. Yeah. we At that point, we, we booked it back up to you guys pretty quick. We... We started approaching the cattails, and we heard him. Like so, it was like a little strip of cattails. That's yep. like probably I don't know what fifteen yards wide, maybe. Yeah, fifteen Between yards me and wide you. at the narrowest, and maybe forty yards wide at the widest. Yep. And we get there and we hear him, and it was the same thing. Yep. One bound. Yeah, and one stop. two bounds stop. And at that point, it was like we can't. Like, what are we gonna do? Yeah, you can't shoot him because it's dark. You can't shoot him, like. Are we gonna choke this deer out? Like right. there's there's nothing we can do. And so we were talking to Steph and she's like, Hey, we need to back out, give okay. that deer the night, and you're gonna go back in there. She's like, first light, go in there with your bow. Yeah. Uh, I'm going back home with the dog. You go in there, and if you bump him again during daylight and get a shot at him great otherwise you're gonna find him dead right there yeah well and what we didn't want to do is like while we backed that at that point too is not only are we just pushing a deer that's obviously just wounded um but i mean at this point like we've pushed him pretty hard and so when does he finally get fed up with us and dip and he's either gonna go to the water which is a bad deal because he'll go drown himself and you'll never get the deer or he's gonna go to mainland and that's gonna where he's got thousands of acres to take off running. So yeah. where's he going to go from there? And he's already kind of clotted up. Yeah. Going across a pretty big wide water system, like the dog's going to have a hard time. It'll just be a nightmare. Yeah. So we need to back out before he, the deer does something stupid. And right now, I mean, the consensus was he's, he's hurt bad enough that he's only going a few bounds, which makes sense if you, you know, got it in the shoulder and got some penetration in there. And he's um, not getting up until we're five yards on top. Oh of him. yeah, he's you know, and we're not like like I said, it's not like we're being quiet. It's yep. th- it's thick in there, so we're being loud. So he's hearing and us coming, and he's still staying put. Like he's right. really hurting. Yeah. And at that point, Steph was like, "Back out! That deer's going to die on this island." Yeah. And so I'm like, super high hopes. Like we're going to find him. It absolutely sucks how long this has taken. This is something I'm totally unfamiliar with. But I'm like, that's what we got to do. So we yeah. left. And I've never had that happen either. Like, No. So. And I, I called my wife, and I was like, hey, this is a situation. I was supposed to be home, home that, that night. night. Yeah. And she's like, stay as long as you need to. That's wife, so, boys. Yeah. 
Just so we, you know, them women exist. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Hold out for the right one. Uh, we So the next day, we wake up, and it was just terrible weather. Yeah. I mean, like full storms, white caps on the lake. 25-mile-an-hour wind. I, I, I love you, but I wasn't going to die on that. No. <laughs> and everyone's like, dude, we're not going out. And so I was like, well, I have to get home. I know she said to stay out here, but I'm going to give it another shot. Like I have to, yeah. I have to go out and figure this out, right. find out if this deer is still alive or not. Sure. And so I go to the North end of those cattails and I, I just set up or I set myself up to just zigzag those cattails and mm-hmm. I'm going to stumble across them somewhere. The one that we, we kicked them out of the night before. Yeah. Yeah. And so I start zigzagging. I make it probably four, four laps and I'm getting real close to where we had marked we had marked where he was and i figured he was still bedded in that spot dead or alive and i make a pass like my fourth pass i start making my fifth pass back and i'm only bumping about five yards at a time yeah smart and i start making my pass back and i hear him i hear him take off and at that point i was like there's there's nothing more i can do yeah. And so I Going brought, in that weather, what are you gonna do? I had brought a trail camera with me. I told myself, if I don't find this deer dead, I'm gonna put a trail camera up and see if I can catch him alive. And if I can, I'm gonna come back up and hunt him. If I don't, I'm gonna send the dog back. Yep. So I set the trail camera up, got back uh to the canoe, and the whole way in on the canoe, it was I mean Anybody who's canoed, one person in a canoe, if you paddle on the right, you're turning hard left. Mm-hmm. The waves and the wind were so strong, I paddled strong on the right all the way to the island, <laughs> and I was still getting blown into shore. Yeah. And so anyways, I set my trail camera up at this choke choke point that we knew he used, and we found rubs and scrapes all down it. It's the path that he came into us on. It's the path that he left us on. Mm-hmm. And it's just the best choke point on the island. Kind of where we sat where them does came in on us. Yep. Yeah. Like yeah. a night or two before we shot him. Yeah. And so we... The night before we shot him. I set that trail camera up facing this choke point. Like, if he comes through here, I guarantee I'm going to see him. And I said, I'm going to give it till the following weekend. So it was about nine or ten days. And I said, if I don't see him on camera, I'm going to send her back in with the dog. And so... I'm I'm keeping an eye on the camera and I don't know what the deal was. I I got pictures and video of myself out there setting up the camera. I moved it like three different times. I didn't like the initial setup mm-hmm. and moved it three three different times and got a picture of a raccoon that night on a down log <laughs> and then nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing from my camera. I don't know what the deal is. Don't know what happened. Don't know if another hunter came through and saw it and stole the camera. Right. But at this point, I was back in Missouri. And and I don't know nothing about them cell cams, so I don't even know where to tell you what to tell you. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, who knows? It could have been a storm that night, sure. like lightning strike. But for some reason, I'm getting absolutely nothing from the camera. And I talked to Logan to see if if he'd be interested. I dropped a pin where the camera was to go and check and see if he could... He don't live it, there. Find he, it. He doesn't he, live there, right. but I mean, I said next time you're up there, if you wouldn't mind going out, like that would be a huge help. But I contacted Steph yesterday mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, as soon as you can, go back out with a dog and see see if you can pick up mortality scent." Yesterday. Yep. Yeah, I don't know this yet. Okay. Yep. Yeah, this is what I was saying before oh, the show. Yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah. tell. You're dropping some secrets on me here. Yeah, so she's going to go out. I mean, we're going to be on our way to elk camp or at elk camp when she goes out. And she's Searches. either going to say, hey, we checked nothing, or I'm going to get a picture from her of that deer. <laughs> and, I uh, hope that's it. Dude, I'll probably cry. <laughs> dude, I don't know what I'm going to do, man. I, and that's the thing. At this point, I'm like, if if it was a... After reviewing the footage, after blowing it up bigger on the computer, what from what we can tell is he ducked into the arrow perfectly. Mm-hmm. What I didn't account for 
was when a deer loads up to spring away, the elbow just like back. a person would if they're doing tricep push-ups, their elbow comes back and blocks the vitals. Yep. And it did. And yep. I caught I caught elbow. We're talking an inch though. Like uh, yeah. you missed by if I was an inch higher air, air quotes missed. Yeah. If you were an inch higher, inch inch back. He, yeah, I mean, we would have found him yeah, that next 60 morning. yards. We, we wouldn't have even waited to go back in. No, we would have gone in that night. It would yeah. have been a full pass through, no issues whatsoever. For sure. Um, but, yeah, it's the difference of an inch. Yeah. And, and so what's cool, though, is and I know we, we keep, you know, referring back to Clifton, but, like, Clifton said, like, he actually shoots different depending on his arrow setup. And I thought yeah. that was – I never thought about that before. So, yeah. I mean, I obviously you do. I I shoot mechanicals or I shoot um, fixed blades because I'm in thick cover and I'm usually only 20 yards from these deer, so I want to be able to shoulder punch something. Um, and so, like, yes, I'm, I'm setting up for a different shot. Yeah. But I never thought about, like, if you're really aiming for that line of the pocket to come off of it a little bit if you're shooting a mechanical and you can hug it a little more yeah. if you're shooting. I never... You know what I mean? No, but I mean after after that, now knowing what I know, experiencing what I have, I'll forever shoot two inches behind that pocket. Yeah. You know, instead of like right in the crease, Hugging it, yeah. I'm gonna push it back a little bit. And so that's where the story ends so far, for now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is the intermission. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But it's like I go back to Wisconsin in November for rifle season. Yeah, so you can always pop and, in there. You know, I might go and if if she goes out there and doesn't find that this deer's dead, I will be back in there. But at the same time I'm like, what do I want to happen right now? Do I want her to go in and find that deer dead? Right. Or would I rather it be an elbow shot? Man, it's it took some time to heal, but it's going to make a full recovery mm -hmm. and I can go back and hunt that deer again. Yeah. Redemption. <laughs> I don't, I don't like the idea of that deer laying there and suffering and dying a miserable death as it gets infection or gets eaten sure. by coyotes, mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm like, that's the nature of the bees that we play though. Yeah. I mean, nature is a bitch. Yeah. It is what it is for sure. So it's, there's things that you can't account for and as much as it sucks, but like we we were talking about like just with like different scouting techniques and stuff like that like i'm a lot more aggressive and you seem to be the same way because like we're the failure in what happens is exactly why you think about what you're thinking about next time you shoot a deer yeah that two inches three inches away from you know that crease is because you're never done and then you know what I mean? Now you make a mistake, you'll, you're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah, yeah. learn from it, move mm -hmm. on from it. I mean, it took it took me a little while to come to terms with it, but I said... Oh, I'm still upset about it. I said, I'm we're either going to find this deer dead. You know, she may find it tomorrow mm -hmm. or the next day or whenever yeah. she goes out Have there. Have her bring uh, something to check that trail camera, too. Yeah. In case oh, it was yeah. still running, just to. not giving you signal. She at least has something to pop in her and be like, oh, no. I do need to... I'll I'll call her tomorrow on the drive yeah, out to Elk smart. Camp and uh and have her do that. Um but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be waiting for a yes or no from her, a Toilet picture or a all clear. There's nothing on the island, um, nothing dead on the island. Yeah. And so we'll see how that all pans out. Um but dude, tomorrow we're gonna knock out another podcast. This one's gonna be a little bit more exciting. <laughs> and yeah. not as depressing. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think like you said, there's still there's still hope, and uh, the the lesson that we learned, and then ultimately, like we found a pretty badass spot to hunt. In the future. I will hunt that spot every yeah. year for the the rest of my and life. And I think I think the so like something about like what's well, pretty true even in my own public ground that I hunt around my house and stuff like that is, you know, it's ebbs and flows. You're going to have big bucks that live on it some years, some of the years that, that they won't, you know what I mean? Um, different pressure, you know, we're filming. So it's, you know, sometimes bound that people are going to find spots or whatever. Um, but I think the key to that spot was for one, um, the accessibility is really hard. You're going miles back. Even if you were going to walk to it and, and walk across the water and waders, which you, you could do, was still miles back there. Yep. And then um, on top of that, I think we were the first people there. 100% yeah. there was, even if guys hunt that rifle season, whatever, 
they rut hunt it however they shakes down like if you get in there early season every year before everybody else is going yep i think you're like i mean obviously they were there and the weather is i think contributed to all the rut action that you've seen it got really cold and it didn't just <clears throat> you know a lot of your october cold fronts come for a couple days yep. or a day at max you know and it was cold it went from 90s you know the week before 80s and then it was 30 40 degrees at night and 50 60 during the day with colder with windshield so yeah i think that really contributed to the fighting the, the, the pushing the does around them does probably weren't ready but then bucks thought you know what i mean different because of the temperature yeah so yeah so i mean for now the story ends here we'll see what happens i'll be you better believe if i get a picture I'm posting it. <laughs> I'm not going to cut elk camp short, but you better believe I'm going to get that deer <laughs> oh, if yeah. she finds it. And uh, who knows, man? Fingers crossed. Yeah, she could definitely. I mean, she definitely could run up on him, and he could be dead. And if the if, camera, if that deer's dead on the island, that dog will find it. I mean, I agree. With how small the island is, the cattails are the only thing. Like if it pushes out to one of the edges, she would almost have to float around the whole island. To get the wind of all. Float around and find out. Float around and find out. <laughs> so, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining me. And tomorrow, we load up the trailer and head to Colorado. Elk Camp, baby. Yes, sir. 2023.